Hey there, this is Al Sparks, and you're listening to the Think Funny Podcast. <laughs> I think that's funny <laughs> that you're, you're listening. You are listening to Think Funny with Aaron Donnelly, Nate Sadler, and Matt Donnelly. For show notes and to check out Aaron's books, please visit AaronDonnelly.com. And now, the show that only thinks it's funny, the Think Funny Podcast. Welcome to the Think Funny Podcast. This is Aaron Donnelly. I'm here with my co-host, Nate Sadler. Hey, everybody. And Matt Donnelly. Hello, guys. And I am in the Seattle airport, so it is very loud. And uh, uh, I was telling Nate, every 100 feet, there's guys with guitars, like, singing their hearts out, trying to <laughs> trying to make it. And so I keep trying to get away, but then I see another guy with a guitar. And so right now I'm in a little exit area. So anyway. Uh, what okay, are the guys? What What are the guys on guitars playing? Like what songs? Uh, he was the last one was playing "Blind Blind Melon" that that No Rain song. That's oh my very, God, that's very old. Seattle. Yeah, very Seattle. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna get discovered here in a little bit. Dude, request some Soundgarden before we start. <laughs> I know. So I might put it on mute when I'm not talking. We'll see here. Uh, no, so please Nate. don't. I I absolutely love the noises behind you. <laughs> you know another thing. I am done with, uh, I'm done with pretty girls and the entitlements that they get. So the next, the girl that I was sitting next to on the airplane, was in a full uh, velour or what is it like a jogging suit, mm-hmm. and uh, she's sitting there. First of all, she takes my window seat, which I don't care. I just let her have. Then she crosses her leg, and her her foot is like jamming, touching my leg, and like pushing on my leg. And then she's like, oh, can you get the stewardess? Can you get the stewardess? And I'm like, I'm done with you people. Like, I don't, there's no need for me to have these type of humans in my life. And I, I'm not giving any concession to pretty girls anymore. I'm done. Did she not no, have the, we... the button above her, the, the call button? She doesn't, she doesn't know. Everything, everyone does something for her all the time. There's no you know, one. Uh, I think uh, uh, Thad Phillips had the greatest line when he says, no matter how hot a girl is, there's someone out there that's sick of their shit. Exactly. <laughs> wow, that's incredibly deep. It is. I think Confucius said that first, but <laughs> one of my we were doing memes. One of the memes I made was it was of a pretty blonde girl, and it said uh, has a completely different experience of life than the rest of us. Oh my god! I, that's so I remember seeing that one. So yep. true. You should have Hold said. Uh, you should have said to the girl, because she won't get this. You should have said, "Hey, look." Is that D.B. Cooper? And then pushed her out the window. I know. All right. So, Nate, let's get to the topic uh, today. Uh, This might be a little bit shorter of an episode, but you want to talk about the Spanish Inquisition, which is something I didn't expect. But see, Aaron, no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. (laughs) Yes. Um, yes. So, basically, more or less, uh, the Spanish Inquisition started approximately 1478 and pretty much extended all the way up through the 1800s off and on. And they said it was to uh, rid Spain. There was other inquisitions in other countries, but the Spanish one is the most famous. They were trying to uh, rid Spain of, you know, heretical beliefs. But what it actually was, was they were trying to purge uh, the the Moors, you know, the Moorish people that lived there. I think they're called the the Moops. (laughs) (laughs) 
that Seinfeld episode. Yeah. The the Moors and there was a fairly large Jewish population um, in Spain at that time. So it was kind of uh, more masking, trying to get rid of some what they felt were undesirables at the time. And uh, they went to some extremely <laughs> crazy levels of uh, exacting torture on people to try to get heretical confessions. They would uh, put people's hands and feet in vices and they would use screws. They would use tourniquets. They would put them, uh, tie them to a wheel and turn them on this wheel. Uh, the, the rack, I'm sure you've heard of the rack where they would stretch the human body. Uh, the most famous one is they would take a piece of towel and kind of jam it down the person's throat and keep pouring water down someone's throat uh, to get that towel wet. And the person I thought you were going to say that they would wrap the towel in water and then snap it on their ass. <laughs> <laughs> like that they was, do. In that was rooms. the Eric Oliver Inquisition. <laughs> and uh, so the person would fill up with this water and then they would regurgitate this uh, wet towel and it just some horrific means uh, used to try and get these false confessions out of people that they were uh, witches and warlocks and uh, heretics. So. That's kind of a brief synopsis. Um, the most famous person of it was probably uh, Tomas de Torquemada. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him. I uh, just know from the Mel Brooks. From the uh, Mel Brooks movie, yeah. He, he um, says, you can't talk him out of anything. Yes, exactly. He was kind of the most famously known figure um, of that time. Did some really unspeakable things. It was uh, all a cover to try and purge uh, Spain of some uh, what they felt were undesirables. My favorite part about the Spanish Inquisition, though, might be the thing that pretty much put an end to it or really brought it down was the invention of the printing press. I mean, that's mm. why that's why we need freedom of press is because when the printing press was invented, um, books and these flyers, people would make these flyers telling their stories of how they'd been tortured and these circulated. And that's what really gave the Reformation a kickstart and people to kind of actually push back against the inquisition. So it was Isabella and uh, Ferdinand. Yep. They unified Spain. And then Isabella was interested in this Torquemada guy, even previously to the inquisition. And he started rising through the ranks. I think he might've been like a true believer. Like he became a monk when he was 10 and he was, he lived a super strict religious life. And she gravitated towards him as well. Um, and I think even the Pope tried to rein in the brutality at first of the Inquisition. But when they when the government realized how profitable it was yes. to steal everybody's stuff, it was like the cat was out of the bag. Yes. And uh, it was sort of free game at that point. It, it was um, just a, it was a way to seize people. If you were accused and then um, actually um, found guilty of heresy, they could seize all your property, everything. They could seize all your riches. There was really no limit to what they could do. So they would send out these tribunal type things. They would go into towns. They would have this big ceremony. Uh, you could accuse someone. Hold on. There's. Uh, I, I cannot stand when pilots come on or when people come on the intercom and talk for so long. That's a pet peeve of mine. I'm sorry. I'm just irritable right now. But... Uh, Hold on. 
it's like when the GPS reads the entire long street yes. name. Oh, and you just want to get back to your podcast or whatever. Yep. Good thing you're not in Hawaii with that one that's like 200 letters long, that street name. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm just going to let you guys talk. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's ahead. okay. Aaron, I love what I'm hearing in the background. It just adds life to it. <laughs> well, I thought was, okay, so you could accuse anyone. They would throw you in jail. You didn't know who accused you. And you, you didn't know, know what the what charges you, were. You didn't know. Yeah, you didn't know. You did not have to face your accuser, and they did not have to tell you what you were being charged, what your charge of heresy was. So as you're being right. tortured, basically all they wanted was a confession of heresy. And what they had to do as part of their rules was you had to confess 24 hours later when you were not under torture. But I think once you'd already been tortured once, uh, you probably didn't want to have that happen again. So usually you would just confess to the heresy. People would also accuse like other men, if they if you wanted another guy's wife, you just have to accuse him of heresy and he gets burned to the stake and then you move in on the rebound and you can take over uh, his wife and his riches. And so this would happen. And then my I want to know the do you tell the wife that you were the accuser because it shows that you really wanted her or <laughs> there's no, I want to see, I'm sure guys did that. They thought that there was an appropriate time that it would impress her. I'm sure it backfired. Do you, but, mm-hmm. So, so in a tender, in a tender moment, you might just, <laughs> Hey baby, <laughs> you know what? I want to do so bad. <laughs> yeah. And then another thing, there's some other interesting things that, like, okay. So there's a lot of anti-Semitism, of course. Um, but, People also believed that the Jews were responsible for the plague. Yeah. And here's one of the reasons why. And this is so classic is because Jews uh, typically had more cats. Cats chased and ate the rats. That's why they didn't get the plague as much. But instead of saying, hey, these guys are smart with their cats, people attacked the Jews thinking they were responsible for the plague. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. it's it, classic. I heard when you burn people at the stake, it could take 30 minutes up to two hours to actually die from it. I've heard longer. I've heard it could take many hours if they didn't. Actually, if you were uh, wealthy or in high status, your family could pay for the wood to be like doused with water first so that you would die quickly of like the smoke asphyxiation and you wouldn't Mm. actually just burn alive. They thought it was more merciful. With a lot of the decapitations, I guess the, uh, the person in charge, um, had trouble cutting through the neck, which seems like that's, that's their job. Wouldn't they keep the ax sharp? Yeah. I mean, they should have been fired for, uh, for not being able to accomplish that. If you're the executioner, are you like, Oh, Hey, sorry, everybody. Do you say, do you like, <laughs> actually address it that it didn't like kind of break through on the first one? Are you like, yeah. all right, all right. Hey, everybody. I don't, I don't bust my balls. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. Same thing with the guillotine. Like sometimes if the guillotine, if they had used it on other people uh, that day, that it would be not as sharp and it would take like two attempts to actually break through, which, oh my uh. gosh. It's kind of like with uh, Saddam Hussein uh, when he was uh, when he was hung. Um, did you did you guys hear that uh, he was decapitated? Like he was so fat that when he was hung, his body like separated from his head. Oh no, no, I, I haven't hear heard that. that. Yeah, 
I don't know what happened to the head. Maybe it was kind of like the head of Oliver Cromwell, where it became like a, a you know, a cherished thing to to own. That would be a great episode just on its own because it's such an interesting story. I the most interesting thing about that is that his head passed around it was stolen and then restolen and then passed around and then there were counterfeits and this went on for like 300 years yes it did <laughs> like what was so interesting about this head that would that be... people wanted to do that and yeah i the funny part is that there were counterfeit heads so <laughs> yeah. so what do you take it to a head expert and he's supposed to be like this is a forgery this is a clever forgery this they is actually not the had head to... of Oliver Cromwell. <laughs> no, I know. Who's no, this know? Is... I know. They actually had to do that. I think in the 30s, they finally found somebody that said, "No, this is the real head. These other ones are fake heads." So, this is the real one, guys. Yeah, it's not like there's, there's a funny. bunch of there's a bunch of people in the crowd with heads holding heads, and they just kind of sigh and drop and go, "Oh, <laughs> it's oh, like a, it's like taking it on Antiques Roadshow." Yeah, and you're like, I think I have Oliver Cromwell's real head, but I'm not sure. Could you give me a valuation? Or they'd be like, Well, it's actually a real head. It's not his. Where did you get this head? <laughs> That's when you go. Never mind. <laughs> hey, what's that over there? But it, the funny thing was, it was passed down in some family by it was uh, by will it was passed down for like generations and generations like yeah. can you imagine in a will like oh i'm sorry you don't get any money but you get the head of oliver Cromwell. yeah someone uh, someone writes their name on the sharpie on the bottom of it just to claim <laughs> it <laughs> uncle D uncle denny would do that he would, he would write his name on it oh. like he wrote his name on his underwear yeah like your your uh, brother and sister get like uh countless gold doubloons and rubies and jewels and you get the head of oliver cromwell and you use it like you use it like as a paperweight and stuff what are you gonna do with it they did come up with uh the dunce cap is that, really? that was yeah oh, yeah tell me about that I, I did not know that i it was just part of the bit mate they'd have these big processions where they'd come in and they'd have these big uh they'd parade everybody out and then they put up dunce caps on them which i think is I think in parenting, it can, you know, I had a bit about how it, it describes, when you put a dunce cap on a toddler, describing the historical contents of the cap can mean so very much. <laughs> yeah, they really understand it. It would really shame them into compliance. <laughs> yeah. you, they could have just had them wear, like, T-shirts that said, like, I'm with heretic. <laughs> <laughs> they did have the printing press, so. Towards, towards the end of the Inquisition, so they could have printed some shirts, so, <laughs> like on customink.com. I think that was around back then. They also came up with the boot uh, as a form of torture, but if you guys, I always wanted to wear one of those boots that you get when you break your foot, mm -hmm. the Stormtrooper boot. Yeah. And I'm in an airport now. Also, what the awesomest thing about the boot is that they have the little one one-legged scooter that you get to have with it. Yes, I like yeah. those. Those, those are fun. so cool. I know, really fun. Perfect for an airport. Um, and then, so, okay, so in 2004, I love how, how how quickly the church apologizes for things. Yeah. <laughs> so in 2004, they released an apology for the Inquisition. <laughs> and uh, but basically, the, the interesting thing about the apology was that the Pope was like, okay, and I think he started it in 99. He was like, we know it was bad, you know, my bad, my bad. But uh, 
let's dig into this because we think it might have been exaggerated and we want to know what exactly we're apologizing for. And so what they came back with, and they said that it was exaggerated through time, the Inquisition, um, in that only 1% of the people they actually uh, tried were killed. And so, and they also said that compared to other similar things happening around the time, like they were doing witch hunts throughout Europe around the time, Mm -hmm. uh, the Inquisition actually created a system whereby less people were killed and murdered because they actually had a bureaucracy and a form and a format rather than just like a lynch mob mentality. Yeah. And so it sort of ebbed the tide of all of the murders, which I don't know, crazy anyway, but they're, they're like, uh, yeah, we've, uh, we've moved on from all this torture to molestation. So, um, you guys can rest easy. We don't, (laughs) we don't do that anymore. (laughs) They like to be a PR, the PR firm or guy for the church. Oh my jumping God. off of a bridge. <laughs> you couldn't pay me enough. Oh. There's just no... Like, what's, what now? Yeah, there's no way you could spin any of this. You're just like... Because uh. <laughs> a lot of people, they'd get uh, accused of something, and then they'd get all these... Uh, all these scribes would come in, and these guys were like poor peasant know anything about the minutia of catholic doctrine these guys would come in and question them on what do you think about this or is this true and they don't know what the guys are talking about and so they say that i don't know what you're talking about and then they get tortured but you know they're coming up with answers it's kind of like on trivial pursuit where my default answer is winston churchill mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it reminded me of uh, i was in this uh, math competition one time and the problem was so hard, we didn't, none of us had a clue. And so we came up with the answer 37.5. And uh, it was completely like out of the blue, it had nothing to do with it. And I just remember them reading it. <laughs> and they were like, like, there was like a long moment of silence. And then they moved on to the next one. Proud moment in nerdery. Speaking of nerdery, man, you should tell the story of um, when you studied the Reformation in Bible school. No, it was uh, Tim Schroeder's friend who went and nailed the, uh, was the 88 thesis? To the 99, 99, uh, to the Catholic Church door. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder how often that happens. (laughs) They're like, oh boy, another one of these. Oh God. I did that, except I did it with 99 feces and it was quite a mess. Yeah. (laughs) Don't try it. Have you ever been falsely accused? They, I know that you got pulled over one time, and the gop, cop would not believe that you didn't have marijuana on you. Yeah. You, yeah. When I was in college, uh, I was driving back to Nebraska, and I was speeding. I was probably going five over, and it was the middle of winter, and the guy, my car's packed. You know, I've got all my stuff from winter break, and the guy's like, or he's like, I can just feel like something's wrong here. So he goes, I'm going to go through your car, and I'm like, okay so i mean he literally he overturned that thing he went through every single thing you know it's winter there's like snow in the ditch he's throwing all my clothes out and he's like i just know there's something in here and i'm like what i don't know what is going on to make you think that but he was so he took my uh, radar detector and he goes this didn't do you a lot of good and he threw it out in the cornfield and i'm like all right yeah it just when you're falsely accused you don't what can you say i mean he's an authority and i'm nobody you know you used to, I got a falsely accused one time, before cell phones, uh, you know, there was no way to know where your friends were. Like, when we grew up in high school, 
you had to just kind of head out and look for them. And uh, Nate, what you would do is you would come over to our house and put a shoe on the doorknob if you had been there. Yes. And that, that was our signal to go out and search. So I came home one night and the shoe was on the doorknob. And I thought, huh. So I took off and I thought, well, maybe sometimes they go to Dairy Queen. I'm going to head over there. And I'm looking, fumbling for something. And I go up on the curb on uh, Johnson Avenue or whatever. And I come back on. The cop starts following me. And he turns on his lights, pulls me over into the Dairy Queen parking lot. And then I give him this story about how I'm just looking for my friend who's at Dairy Queen. And then we both look up at the same time and Dairy Queen is like completely closed. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Aaron, how come you didn't think with the shoe on the doorknob that there might be a chicken side that Nate was getting busy with? Because <laughs> he... Isn't that the traditional use of the uh, something on the doorknob? Th- is that a sock or a necktie? I think a shoe <laughs> is if you're in like a cobbler fraternity. If you go to school for that, they put a shoe on the doorknob. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think any of us had that problem. So, oh no, there were there were no there were no socks on the doorknob. No, but you know you're right, Nate. You, I mean, I, as a when I was a defense attorney, um, you know, one thing we would say is you can't you can't prove a negative uh, when somebody falsely accuses you. How are you gonna, how are you going to prove your innocence? I mean, and that's what's you know, fortunately in the United States, you know, we're 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 innocent until proven guilty. But that's not the way you know it was back in the Inquisition. Uh, it would have been a tough time to live, I tell you what. It would drive me crazy. Hey, guys, I'm standing in front of one of the hipsters playing. I hear, Can you hear him? Do I hear a tambourine? Yeah. I think he's got one of those bolo hats on, too. Can you tell him to do that Eric Clapton song where he goes, going to shake the tambourine? <laughs> he's got a tambourine on his foot. Hold on, I'll keep walking. I'll, I'll give you guys a preview of the next one, so you guys is he, carry is he like on. A one, uh, is he like a one-man band with a tambourine between his knee and then like a... He's got like the Dr. Seuss uh, big machine yep. rolls through. Boozler. I think we should talk about the smell of medieval times. I feel like that's largely ignored. <laughs> yeah. There must have been vomit everywhere. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> who could take that smell? It must have been god awful. I can I can give you an interesting fact. Uh, so, do you know how at weddings they'll throw like rose petals or flower petals down? The flower girl will do that. Well, that originated in medieval times because pretty much everybody smelled bad all the time. So, for royalty, wherever they went, they would throw fresh flowers and petals and stuff, so the aroma would mask the smell of the people. That's wow! That all right, I got the next guitar guy up. This guy writes comic books. I might put a dollar in there. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Um, yeah, sorry. Now, you know what I think is still a throwback that I, I need to put my foot down on is uh, old people give young people a hard time sometimes for not being dressed up or wearing flip-flops everywhere. And in their day, people used to dress up. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I always say, yes, but consider the handkerchief. And how gross that truly yes. is. So that's my trump card. I throw it down when I talk you, to people about that. You need to stay on that because I find a handkerchief rather disgusting. I think it's a throwback to medieval times. I think it's still ha- one vestige hanging on. I have a lot of admiration for those who, for the farmers and those who have forsaken the handkerchief and do a farmer's, farmer's blow. Yeah. I mean, that's really the way to go. It's hard to pull off. I, I can never, I don't have confidence enough in, in me to do it. I have a deviated septum, so I can only do it out of one nostril. Oh. Uh, a person did it in front of me once, and it's a kind of an awkward segue after someone's done that in front of you. 
Because, like, the person or the guy did not address that he just did that. And I was like, hmm, okay. Well, that's... Hey, guys, I got to get back on this plane. So um, you guys are good with wrapping it up? Oh, man, just go and leave when you need to because I don't want you to miss your flight. I want you to miss your flight because I love what's going on behind you. I want to hear more of it. Let's just do a podcast of we guess what's going on behind Aaron. All right. Uh, well, thanks, everyone, for listening in. Thanks, uh, Nate and Matt. Uh, Matt. Matt Donnelly and Nate Sadler, my co-hosts. And this is Aaron Donnelly, and we will talk to you next time. Thank you. All right. Aaron, tell everybody at the airport hi. I will. See you guys. Bye, man. All right, bye. Thanks for listening to Think Funny. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and tell a friend. If you have comments or topics for the guys, you can email them at thinkfunnypodcast at gmail.com. And check out aaronDonley.com for today's show notes and much more. That's A-A-R-O-N-D-O-N-L-E-Y dot com. <laughs>